stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and I'm going solo again this week to talk about how to create a stock portfolio. We are going back to the basics because everybody has to start somewhere. And I know many of you are new investors and you're asking, what should I do? What should I buy? How do I create a stock portfolio? So first, a purely all stock portfolio should have between 10 and 20 stocks. And so I'm not talking about one that also includes ETFs, although I'm going to talk about ETFs on this podcast as well because I think they're a good addition to a stock portfolio. But this is just individual stocks. If you want to set up a portfolio like that, which, of course, we all like it. It's all fun to have a total stock portfolio. Um, It should, again, have between 10 and 20 stocks. So you don't really need a super huge portfolio to get diversity. They've done a lot of studies on this and they've shown if you have up to 20 that you can still have diversity in your portfolio with as little as 20 stocks. But, you know, some big time investors have a lot more. So I took a look to see what's in Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway right now. I think he used to have like 52, 53 holdings And right now he's back down to 48 because he has sold out of a few things and he hasn't added as many back in. So he's down to 48. But that's a lot. That's that's hard to manage 48 different stocks and to keep track of what each company is doing and, um, you know, just basically what they're doing. (laughs) That's that's a lot of conference calls to listen in on and check in on every quarter and know what's going on and why you bought it in the first place. So that's a little bit hard to do. I don't recommend having 48 stocks if you're just, you know, a normal investor as I am. You know, 48 is a lot. That's why the 10 to 20 is a much better and manageable amount. And again, you can still get the diversity if you're a little closer to the 20 um level and you can keep track of everything now i i think i also heard that kathy wood at arc investments with her etfs some of those are like 35 to 50 companies but she has a staff she has analysts who are covering a certain number of each of those companies so that's how she makes that manageable she's not doing it all so keep that in mind as well so have at least 10 to 20 stocks in this portfolio. And then you have to ask, what are your goals for this portfolio? What are you investing? I know that sounds kind of boring uh, because a lot of you just are investing for fun or um, you know, you want to get rich or whatever it is. Uh, those are goals. Uh, all of that is goals too, but know why you're doing it. So for instance, I have a friend who's investing to buy a vacation home in about 10 years. So he's buying a lot of stocks with dividends, big cap companies that are a little more stable because he has, you know, pretty considerable amount of time period. And so he was sharing with me a couple of the stocks that he was buying in there. So he's buying some of the cheap stocks that uh, are a little bit out of favor. So a little bit more on the value investing side with a 10 year time horizon. So he bought some Walgreens boots 
WBA is the ticker there. I took a look. It has a dividend right now yielding 3.8%. And it's trading with a P of 10.2. It is a Zach's number three hold right now. It's had its problems if you go look at the, the chart, but he's dollar cost averaging into it right now. So every month he's putting a little bit of money in into his portfolio and distributing it among several stocks. So uh, one of those is Walgreens Boots. Then another one he told me about was Johnson & Johnson. That's always been a staple in the healthcare side for you know years, decades, really. And now they're in on the... Uh, coronavirus vaccines. So that's a big draw there too. J&J is their ticker. I took a look there. Their P is a little bit pricier right now, 17.2, but that's not horrible. And they pay the dividend as well, yielding 2.5%. They're a Zach's number two buy. So they got the rank of a two, which is a buy. So again, as a longer a uh, term investor with a longer time horizon, you don't really have to be a genius. You can buy just kind of these big cap, uh, stable stocks. He didn't tell me if he has any small caps in there. Nothing wrong with getting a variety of all the caps. Um, that's what I try to do in my individual stock portfolios. And you may have more than one portfolio. Uh, it may not seem possible right now if you're just starting out, but you may have kind of a, a trading account type of portfolio where you kind of buy the fun ones that uh, you're just looking to, to be in and out of quickly. Then you may have an IRA, which is for your retirement. So that's a much longer time horizon. Or you may be like my friend who's not, have does not have a trading account but he does have a longer time horizon account that's not an ira that um you know he's just investing in to buy his vacation home so keep that in mind too you may have more than one portfolio and that's okay now if you want some of the aggressive growth type of stocks um, you can add some of the fangs individually, but I know this is where a lot of you have issues. You can buy fractional shares on a lot of the platforms now. So if it's something like Amazon, which is trading over $3,000 per share, I mean, how many of us have even 3000 bucks to buy like one share of it? Not many. So you could do the fractional shares and do it, you know, every month and build up to that one share or... This is where ETFs do come into play. And I know many of you who want just a stock portfolio don't find it as exciting to buy ETFs, but a lot of the ETFs um, have kind of changed in recent years and some of them are actively managed and some are not, but are still uh, filled with things you want to be buying. So it does make it an easier way to get diversity and exposure to some of these stocks like the fangs or um, you know a lot of the hot financials or the software you know cybersecurity the ai stocks all of these areas especially in technology so one of the easiest ways you can add to your portfolio all of this kind of like aggressive technology is through one of the basic etfs so one of the easiest ways is really the Technology Select Sector Spider Fund. And this is the one that's mentioned all the time on, on TV, 
um, in financial media, just everywhere, because it's been around since 1998. So it's been around a long time. And the ticker is XLK. And I took a look at the biggest holdings. So if you wanted to own Apple and Microsoft, for instance, but you don't have enough money to buy the individual shares or um, you know, you could buy one, but not the other or that kind of thing. And you want to just be in both of them right now. This fund is uh, Apple and Microsoft are the two biggest holdings. So AAPL and MSFT and Apple is 21% of this ETF. So that's a pretty big chunk right there that you're owning if you buy this ETF. Microsoft is 20.1% of this ETF. So combined, they are 40% of this ETF. So that's an easy way to get exposure to these two. Of course, it also increases your risk a bit. But if you can't afford to buy both of them and you want to own both of them, then this is a way to get it. Now, I took a look further down the list. NVIDIA is number three, but it drops all the way down to 4%. And then you have Visa at 4%, PayPal at 3.6, and MasterCard at 3.4. Um, and so it drops down pretty fast. And then you're starting to get all, a lot of these kind of financial uh, tech companies in there, which is interesting because you might not think if you owned a tech fund that you'd get Visa, PayPal, and MasterCard on a row there. So this fund has 76 holdings. That's a lot. Average P is 27.6 right now, and the expense ratio is 0.12. So a little bit higher in the expense ratios um, for this one because it's been around a long time and uh, they charge more for some of those older ones um, be before everybody got into the super cheap ETFs. Uh, but this is a way, again, you can use this as one of your, you know, 10 to 20 holdings and you get the broad exposure to, uh, you know, this list of companies right off the bat. Another one you might want to consider is the Invesco ETFs, but they have a new one that has a lower expense ratio. It's QQQM, um, and this one has expense ratio of 0.15. So similar holdings to the QQQ, but this one was invented for those who want to just buy in and hold for a long time with the lower expense ratio, but it's still 015 not as cheap as some of the Vanguard ones and whatnot that you can find elsewhere. But I took a look at the holdings in this one, and yes, it's very different from what we just described, except Apple and Microsoft are still the two biggest holdings. Apple at 11.4% and Microsoft at 9.4%. So essentially, you're getting about 21% in those two companies. But then you're going to get Amazon at 8.5%, Tesla at 4.4%, Alphabet with the G-O-O-G ticker at 3.6, Facebook at 3.3, then the other Google ticker at 3.3, NVIDIA's on this one too at 2.9, PayPal again at 2.6, and then Intel at 2%. So you can see you're getting a little bit different exposure to the tech area and including social media here and you know the advertising side, Amazon with AWS, but you're gonna get some retail in there with Amazon, obviously. So this is a little bit different mix. Keep that in mind too, when you're looking to add some of these ETFs to diversify. 
But what else can you do, um, you know, if you're just kind of out there and you're starting and you're wondering what should I buy um, outside of these ETFs? Well, you basically know what you use, right? This is the old kind of investing strategy from the 1980s and 90s to buy what you know. It was kind of started by Peter Lynch, who was a big time portfolio manager back in the 80s and 90s at uh, Fidelity. He ran the Magellan Fund, which just launched as an ETF, actually. Can now get that as an ETF. Uh, has a total new management. He retired way back in the 90s, so he's no longer there. But um, his strategy was uh, to pay attention to where his wife was shopping, where he was getting his hair cut, what stores he was going in, and how much he loved going into Home Depot and places like that. And then he would go and research the companies. It, does it have good management? What am I paying to buy this? What's its strategy to grow? Um, what do earnings look like? All of that. And then he would buy into some of these. And one of his uh, beliefs always was with, say, the retail or the restaurant side of things, was that it takes a while, many, many years to actually expand across, say, just the United States, not even mentioning internationally. Now, these were brick and mortar stores because this is the 1980s and the 90s. But he talked a lot about how um, how long it would take Home Depot to be in every major, you know, metropolitan market in the U.S. because this was the 1980s and it wasn't even it wasn't even close to expanding like that yet. Um, but now that we have online, it's a little bit easier and faster to expand popular brands, you know, quicker around the globe. But you still have a really long lag time when a company decides to expand like that, even online. And all these companies are still expanding brick and mortar. It's not going away. Um, it's going to be a combination of online plus brick and mortar. So you're still having, uh, you know, expansion in that way. So, you know, I encourage people to take a look to at what companies they do like and what they are using. So one of those might be Chipotle. You know, how many times are you going there? Um, are you signed up for their app now? Are you using it? Are you getting rewards off that? So Chipotle, ticker CMG, it's been one of the hottest stocks during the pandemic. It's up 51% in the last year, but it has pulled back off the highs, which a lot of these hot stocks have, as I'm recording this on February 23rd, 2021. And it's now down 7% in the last month. It's forward P is still 69 or 64.9, but it used to be at 70 times. So it's a little cheaper, but uh, no dividend with Chipotle, but you know, if you can get it even a little cheaper than what it is right here, might want to put it on your watch list if you're a big fan. So this is the type of investing you can do um, to buy things that you know. Another one that I bought because I started going there was Lululemon, ticker L-U-L-U. -L -U. Um, I, was, I was shopping for my niece constantly, and um, I love what products they have. I started listening to the conference calls. They were going into new categories, and I uh, just see a lot of opportunity there. They're still expanding their brick and mortar. They're not They're not everywhere. You may think they are, but they're not. Um, they were expanding to include restaurants within 
their stores before the pandemic hit. So we'll see what happens afterwards if they're still going in that direction. Uh, this one also has been soaring, but over the last month, it's now down 9.4%, much like Chipotle. It's coming down off those highs. PE still 49.9, so basically 50 times. So it's not cheap, but um, this is also one that I bought over a year ago, two years ago maybe now, because I started shopping there all the time and uh, their business was uh, exploding. So yes, you can do the buy what you know to buy into and start your portfolio. But this is also why you need 10 to 20 stacks because you may get it wrong with buy what you know, because just because you're shopping there doesn't mean everybody else is either, right? So definitely do your research. Look on Zax.com to see what those earnings are looking like. Are they growing it? Are they growing the sales? Listen in on the conference calls. Okay. Um, also, no one says you can't dollar cost into some of these higher price stocks. So like a Lululemon, it's trading, I think it's still over $300 a share. That's pricey for those of us who literally are putting in just like $100 a month into our portfolio. So you can do the fractional shares on some of these and you can dollar cost average into them. You don't need $5,000 or $10,000 out the gate to start a portfolio. You can just accumulate. And I encourage people who are operating their own portfolios to set up an account, your account to automatically deposit the money, take it out of your checking and put it in there. I've, I've done $100, I've done the $200, whatever your goal is per month, because remember, what is your goal for this? Um, have the plan and move it automatically. Now, I used to have, there used to be a service that would automatically buy what I wanted them to buy um, every month as well they would take my money out of my uh savings or checking account and then they would automatically buy it every month on like the third tuesday of the month but they shut down that service so we no longer get it so now the money just goes in there so you have to be alert that you do have to invest it at some point nothing wrong with letting some cash accumulate in there too waiting for an opportunity especially if there's a pullback going on and some stocks are getting cheaper to try to market time a little bit to buy in a little cheaper, but you do ultimately have to take some action. So keep that in mind too, that it's not um, going to invest for you automatically normally. Um, and you will have to do your own, uh, you know, actual trading in there. So a couple other things to keep in mind, remember diversity is important. We all love the tech stocks, but I don't recommend someone just owning that, you know, the XLK ETF and that is all. Like that is not diverse, even though there's 76 stocks within that ETF, that is not diverse by industries. So eventually tech will not be the hottest industry. I know it's kind of hard to believe, right? Because it's been going for a while. But some of those of us who've been investing for a number of decades remember the last time tech was this hot and then it was not. So you need a diverse portfolio so that you can capture some of the hot areas in other sectors for when tech is not. So 
um, use the ETFs to gain access to stocks you couldn't otherwise, but don't just have one ETF either. Be diverse and uh, spread it out. Have have a couple of ETFs and then have some stocks, individual holdings in there so that you're getting the diversity of names. Now, are you going to get, you know, 200% gain in a year in an ETF? Well, I know there's one of the gaming ETFs is super hot and is up like 100% because of GameStop and some of the other stocks that were in that ETF. That is very rare. Um, no, you're not going to get like the super huge gains because like the XLK, you're owning 76 companies in there. So even if you get one of them, that's up 200, 300%. There's, you know, all of them aren't going to be. So the average is not going to be that high normally. Um, but I took a look at the XLK. Uh, let me find that again. And um, I wanted to kind of see, oh, yes, here it is, uh, what the average return was on there because tech has been hot. And those other techie names in there, those financial type of tech names that are in there, like the visas and all that, that those have been red hot too. So the five-year return is 27.4% uh, over the last five years annualized, and after tax is 26.97%. Now, I know some of you have gotten spoiled with the 100% returns we've seemingly seen over the last year in a lot of individual stocks, but that is rare as well. And getting 27.4% over a five-year period is tremendous. And you will meet your investing goals, most likely, unless it's, you know, to be mega rich, I guess. But you will meet your investing goals if you can get 27.4% over five years or 10 years. That is amazing. So um, past performance doesn't indicate the future, as we know. Keep that in mind. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, having the diversity in your portfolio works and you can get some good returns even by owning ETFs. So, again, if you're just starting out, keep in mind to have 10 to 20 stocks in there. Be diverse. Use ETFs to get some of your diversity, but have fun. The whole point of having a stock portfolio is to buy your favorite stocks. So if you're a huge fan of Elon Musk, buy the Tesla stock or add in in fractional shares until you can get a share or two of it. Um, buy in your favorite restaurant or retailer. Buy in um, you know, some travel stocks if travel is your thing and you're you know, aware of which brands are good and who's on top in travel. That's the way to go. Um, that's what I like to do. And I try to keep it diverse, again, among different uh, areas and try to get some dividends. Those are fun, too, especially if you're investing in an IRA type of account where you don't have to pay the capital gains tax on it because it's in a retirement account. That's always fun to get the money into there and then you don't have to pay for it, at least right now. So 
let me recap some of the tickers I talked about because there were a lot of them in here. So my friend was buying like some of these value type stocks, but they pay decent dividends because he has that 10 year time horizon. So one of the ones he's in is Walgreens. It's been out of favor, no doubt about it. And it's cheap at 10 times. WBA is the ticker there. Johnson Johnson, it's got one of the vaccines, among other things. J&J is the ticker there. Then if you're buying kind of what you know, um, you might want to buy some hot restaurants. Chipotle is one of them. CMG, they've got that really good app and I've been using it. Lululemon, I bought that because I've been going there and um, buying a lot of things. So Lulu, L-U-L-U. Then some of the tech type of ETFs to get you some diversity. That Spider Select ETF, which is one of the oldest ones, is XLK. That's where you're basically going to own Apple and Microsoft. You're going to get those two biggies. It's 40% of that ETF. And then another one that a lot of people use to play just to get the fangs, because you will get Amazon and Facebook and Google in this one, is the triple Qs, but with the M on the end, because those expense ratios a little lower, QQQM as in Mary, is the ticker for that one. But be sure again to have fun out there because it is fun to invest and to start your own stock portfolio. It's okay to start small. That's what I did back in the day. One of the first I bought when I started my own individual portfolio was Microsoft back in 2000. <laughs> yeah. oh, those were the days I actually still have some shares right now, but they are not my original shares. I did sell out of it by like 2005, I want to say. And then I did not get back into it until 2019. So I'm back in. I don't know what that says, but um, it is fun to buy your own. So have fun out there. Be diverse. Try to get up to at least 20 different stocks. It'll take some time, but you can do it. And, um, you know, again, have fun investing. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I have some interesting episodes coming up. I'm going to have John Blank back on again to talk about what's going on in the economy. Uh, everything's happening with these bond rates. Are we getting inflation? Should I buy gold? Like what's happening? I'm going to have him on and a, a bunch of other Zach's guests. So who knows what interesting topics may be coming here in the spring of 2021, but I'm going to be covering it all. So be sure to subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. You can get us on Amazon Music, but get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.